Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a music producer out of the D.C. area, uh, Mr. Presto on the track. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. I, I must say, man, I, I started following you on Instagram because you um, produced music for one of my good friends. And I'm a fan, man. I, I like what you're doing. It's some good music. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate it. And how did how did you get into producing music? Oh, uh, how I got into producing music, man. I don't know exactly what made me want to start making beats, but I do know uh, when I was growing up, I used to always want to be a DJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I had like little fake DJ equipment as a kid. I don't know why I was always into like DJing. I thought DJs was cool. You know what I'm saying? So. It started with that, but I think one time I got like this little cash money instrumental, instrumental vinyl record for a turntable. And since it had beats on it, I was like, oh, I could rap on these beats. And then somehow in the mix of all that, I started making beats on Fruity Loops, like the very first Fruity Loops, probably like 15 years ago, man. I took an interest in making them. So like, yeah. So you used to rap? I used to rap, man, not seriously though. Like I used to rap a little bit, but um, when we did get a little serious, I started rapping really to advertise beats because I was trying to be a producer because I actually like making beats. I hate rapping. So like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hate the idea of doing shows and all that. I salute them dudes who never do all that, man. Cause I, like just, I like the musical part of rap music, you know? So I, I just like to make it, but yeah, I did used to rap a little Back in the day, back in the day. No. So, did, did you actually like grow up playing instruments and stuff? Nah, I never played any instruments, man. Um, I think I was just into music in general because you know, go go music really would inspire me a lot to make music because go go music so musical. I love the percussion, you know, how they put it together, watching the bands. Like, I think, I think just watching that really is what made me just want to start making jumps for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. How would you describe your production sound? Man, I got a little bit of a southern swag to my beats, like a lot of 808s, you know what I'm saying? I, I use a lot of 808s and, um, and those type of melodies, patterns, but it's, it's southern with a mix of East Coast, you know, uh, like when I get to work with people like BDR, people like that. You know, we, we can do a little more East Coast down South style. I, I use a lot of 808s in my music. So when I when I make beats, I, I go with the, the typical 808 snares, drums most of the time. Um, and I might add some little samples in there to throw like a little bit of the East Coast. My bad. East Coast swag on it. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned BDR and you actually produced his newest whole album. I wanted you to talk about how is it producing a complete album for one person? Man, it's a lot of work, man. It's so much work, man. Like, it's a lot of work. One, it's a lot of pressure because you got to think like BDR, like he, he, he like a legend in DC. So he got a lot of people, man, old and young that follow him man, and want to hear what he got coming because he ain't really dropped no album in a little bit. Album in a little bit. So it's a lot of pressure, one. And two, um, it's just the work, the work, man. It, it takes a lot of time. Like, there's a lot of songs you make that might not even make the album. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and getting a real good rhythm. I know uh, when me and BDR first started working, 
Um, it, it took, I think, it, I would say from a producer standpoint, it took me a little while to like really catch his, uh, his swag and his flow all the way. You know what I'm saying? To adjust to how he do things. Um, but it was a lot of work. Man, it was also a lot of fun. We all like me, we both love music, genuinely, like from the heart. So we had a lot of fun, man. A lot of nights just drinking and turning <laughs> up and telling stories. And the whole long story short thing, perfect, because that's kind of how we built the album. A lot of conversations in the studio and talking about our upbringing and things like that. You know, it was perfect, perfect environment for producing uh, John. But it was a lot of work, but it was fun. Like I said, it challenged me, man. And uh, I grew up listening to BDR before he even knew who I was. I was a little kid growing up in Southeast listening to Young Farmers and the Oidman Boys. So, like, it was a lot of pressure, man. I'm like, dang, like, I grew up listening to this dude, seeing him on the little underground rap channel. Like, they was like our idol child. Like, you know what I'm saying? They didn't know who the hell we was, but, you know, <laughs> fast forward 15 years later, it's like, damn, you about to produce this joke. It meant a lot to me, man. So I, I had a lot of pressure on myself because I was like, man, this, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me just off the strength that, like, he was a celebrity to me in my eyes growing up. You know what I'm saying? And I done worked with some people that got a name outside of D.C., like like people in the industry, and, and it don't even really mean nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't really know him. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, right. like, with him, with him, like, since I was a kid listening to him, it meant a lot to me. So I was like, yeah. But it was cool, though, man. We had a good time, man. We had a real good time. Was that was that the original idea for you to produce the whole album, or? It wasn't. Um originally he came through we did the joint respect shot like a little video to it it was a little bit of a low budget video but we shot it because you know they, they turned them down and we did the respect remake which was a classic little record they made on the back of the day like Stuart Booby um so we hurried up and uh shot the video did the song then we just kept working man I think we probably kept working for like three months after that um and then eventually, man, like, we, we put this song together called uh, Running After Me. You probably heard that, John, if you uh, sampled the John, Running After Me. And, like, I felt like that had, like, album momentum, like an album punch and feel to it. So, really, at that point, we was like, man, we just, I'm going to just go ahead. What you think, man? They got to do the whole junk? He's like, man, let's <laughs> do it. And we was working every day after that, man. Like, every day after that, we worked, like, from like 5.30 to like 10 o'clock every night, probably for like two months straight, man. We ain't miss a beat, but yeah. Now, did you, now, we we know like there's, there's been quite a few like um, producer artist collaboration albums. What would you say your favorite producer collaborator, producer artist collaborator album is? Uh, BG and Manny Fresh is all on you, volume two. Oh, you know, what year did that come out? 1997. This was like right before uh, Cash Money got their major record deal. So it was like a big Down South album. Um, I can't remember how I got my hands on the jump because I was young. But I do remember like growing up listening to that jump. You ever just listen to something like when you was young? Like, man, this joint bring back memories. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just love the music, man. Um, you ever need something to listen Listen to man, whatever you're going in the gym or just kicking it, whatever, man, like it's all on you, volume two. Volume two. Is it a real is it actually a real album or it's like a mix? It's a real album. Yeah, it's a real album. It was a it's a cash money album, cash money records. 
you know, Cash Money was around since like '92 before they got the major deal, right? Like during the Hot Boys era. So it came out during like right before they blew up, but they was already popular down south. But that's my favorite album, man. It's low key, but when you when you hear that joint, yeah, that, that joint go. Mm-hmm. And the latest, the latest uh, collab album that I could think of that I really liked was um, was that Freddie Gibbs and um, I forgot his uh, what's his producer name Freddie Gibbs Mad Lib. Oh yeah, you heard of them? I've heard of them. Yeah, I heard of them. Yeah. I ain't hear the album, but I know who Freddie Gibbs is. Yeah. That was actually they. That was actually like their second collab together, but I like this one more, the Bandana one. Yeah. This one, the best one. You gotta check that one out when you get a minute. Yeah, another joint I heard. Uh, like I think like a few months ago, man, I was listening to the the Chief Keith Zaytoven joint. Um, that joint was interesting. I like that little joint because them two you wouldn't think they would really mesh together, but the joint ended up cranking. Yeah, I'm not a. <laughs> you know what? I only I ain't really checked for Shorty in years, man. But like, I'm like she keeping Beethoven, like, you know what I'm saying? I I, I ain't because last I checked, she keep was making all his own beats. You know, now, I do like Beethoven. I like Beethoven, but I'm not. A... Yeah, yeah, he he my top five. Yeah, Beethoven, Beethoven up there, man. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about where deep rap music is in the DMV like at the moment? How do you feel about it? I like what we doing, man. Uh, I'm glad I'm a part of it. You know, I work with a lot, pretty much all DC artists. Um, the only thing is I feel like we just got to take that one last step. Like, you know how Atlanta is, like, with their music. Like, DC, like, we there, the talent there. And, and I love it. Like, I'm hearing other producers coming out of the city, rappers. We damn near got our own style. They call it the DMV flow. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like where it's going, I like where it's headed, you know. I just think the streets sometimes hold a lot of the real talent to catch back, you know what I'm saying? Because things is real hectic on this side right now. So, like, there's a lot of dudes that's really, like, winning job like, but they still got a lot of other things going on. But besides that, I like where it's at, man. Like, um, these young cats, is, they, they, they crafty, man. They different, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I catch myself trying to, like, uh, like, job like, you know, Switch it up a little bit to try to like accommodate what they doing. Cause when they come to the studio, they just want some bass heavy, basic piano type jumps. Like beats that take two minutes to make. I'm like, man, let's make a whole, you know, two hours. Let's, you know, do like me and me and y'all do. Like we don't sit there and really put a jump together. They just like, man, I just went boom, 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 boom. Like that's all they want with some drums and some bass. I'm like, all right, man. Like that's what y'all want. Uh, so I mean, you you said it's easier, but do you feel like you don't get to be as creative as you want to be? Is that why you don't? Exactly. Yeah, it's easier, but yeah, I like to be creative. It's, it's fun to me. I make music for fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, and with, with them type of jumps, not knocking the dudes that's making them, because it do crank. It's just like how Go-Go changed over the years and evolved. It cranks. People find easier ways to crank. Um, it's simplified beat making, though. So yeah, it's not fun to make it. That's why I like try to stay away from it sometimes. But the young, but the people love it, you know. But yeah, you're right. That's right. That's right on the money, man. Like you can't really be creative when you 
when you it take two minutes to make the jump, and then like, nah, I like it just like that, bro. Just leave it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, shoot, fuck it. I'm gonna load the jump up the pro tools, and we gonna rock it like this. And then I listen to it though in the car and be like, you know, the jump dude jive like crank because they, they flow is so in that it's like, like you really listening to their wordplay and what they saying. So like the beat don't really got carry it as much. But that's what they like, man. That's what they doing, and I like it, man. It's cool. Um, I like where it's headed, man. I just want to see the people reap the financial benefits, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of talented dudes. And I, and like I said, down in Atlanta, it seemed like a lot of the rappers really could get some rap money. But like up here, here I'm not really seeing that money really flow into the market like that. So um, with a little bit more exposure and people staying a little more focused, you know what I'm saying? Try to keep the streets on the back burner sometimes, man, and, and focus on and getting up out of them. You know, I think it could really, it could really go a lot further than it is. Have you actually worked with artists in different cities? Yeah, I've worked with some artists down in New Orleans. Um, I just did a job with this female artist. She up and coming out of Atlanta, named Pap Smith. Um, She's like a popular female rapper, got like a million followers on the gram. Uh, I did something with Hot Boy Turk down in New Orleans. Uh, some cats up in New York. I do, I do work with other people here and there, but. It's usually a specific type of music they want. Um, Cause like, I know how to make them like little bounce beat type, New Orleans type jumps. Yeah. And that's just popping right now. So I get a lot of people that hit me up for them type of beats. Cause I know how to make them. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got nothing like that on BDR jump, but I got some jumps like that on other projects that's about to drop. You know what I'm saying? Um, me a love new single for instance, you know, they got that vibe, that feel to it. Um, but really that's what it is. But. There's one, there's one track on his album that I heard because yeah. he actually sent me it, sent it to me. It's called I, I want to get the pronunciation right. It's uh, called like K Bala Bella Cuba Yeah, that hey, that's. Oh, you like, I like that? One. <laughs> I like that one a lot. What was the What was the concept behind that one? That was BDR. Remember, this is creativity. Um, that's why I like BDR. Cause he, he, he hit me up like, man, there's this dude I want you to sample. I'm like, who? It's like some Spanish singer. I ain't know who he was. I'm like, I never heard this dude day in my life. But we get to, like, you know, I, I usually sample. I go on YouTube and I will start just listening to all their music. He's like a soul singer. He had like a, a African American seventy late seventies soul to him, but he was completely Spanish. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn, this dude interesting as hell. The music was cranking. So I'm like, I came across that track and I sampled it. I'm like, I'm going I'm to chop this joint up and turn it into a rap beat. And that's what it was, man. We turned it in and then like we was making fun of it because we were like, man, this joint sound like like some some old, like some big time drug dealing, hustling, like, <laughs> like some, some crossing the border with this shit. So we like, we got, you know, I, that's the job, like the, the, the route he went with the song too. But, um, we just call it the Miami vibes though, cause it, it's like feel it feel good, like it's feel good music. You know what I'm saying? I it's like, like, I, the I like that one a lot, man. I I, I, yeah. I had the, I had, it came on. I said, oh shit, I gotta listen to this one again. That was a good. One. That's what's up. That's what, what's up, man? Do you now? You know, back in the day, you couldn't you 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 working with different artists in different cities, but it's mm -hmm. a lot easier now because of technology. Like you don't have to like they used to have to send reels and all that stuff. So can yeah. I assume that you'd like it now, the new age of how you do business or, or would you like to actually be, well, let's back up. 
because you you mentioned you work with artists in different cities. Do you just send them the tracks or? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll usually go down there and build some type of rapport. Like my godmother lived down in New Orleans and stuff like that. So, and I got family in New York too. So, a lot of times I'll send a track, but I, I might have also crossed paths with them face to face too. But from a technology standpoint, yeah, it's lit because they can just send you a Pro Tools session or something, or vice versa. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and you could send music like that across across the country. So it's a lot easier to work with people when with the technology. Um, but it's got some setbacks too, you know what I'm saying? Um, for instance, anybody could load their joint up for real with the right subscription to like Apple Music and all these other sites. And when that happens, man, you have like an oversaturation of music. People that ain't even maybe all the way serious with it, but there's so much floating around that it's like, it, oh, like you might overlook some of the like real solid music, like the good music, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like back in the day, you really had to have some paper to put an album out. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I respected like the Oi Boys movement back in the day, cause they shit was all over Southeast and DC. I seen the dude out Merlin. He went to this jump called uh, Southern Avenue Graphic. It was right on the border on Capitol Heights border by the old hobo shop. Okay. Oh, the hobo shop jump? Yeah. By the little metro bus parking lot. And I remember <laughs> we was young, man. We was getting like 30 CDs printed up. Me and my uh cousin Julio. And um we seen Booby in that jump. Um, one way Booby, he was picking up like 500 jumps. But we only had like $30 between the two of them. We was full growing up. So I was like, you know, we got 30 copies. It was a dollar a copy. But back then you respected like you really had to invest. And that job like separated the boys from the men with the local music. You know what I'm saying? Because like not anybody could just put out a studio quality album and distribute it and shoot videos. You know, now with like a $200 budget, you could get a video shot, a song recorded, mixed, and a beat. So it's like, shit, really less than that if you know somebody. But like, it's an oversaturation, you know what I'm saying? But on the flip side, I mean, music is a form of art, so you gotta respect everybody's way of expressing themselves, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I would have probably liked the grind back then if that was part of the question. Do, you, you, think, do you, think it's, you think it's... Uh... So do you think it's easier because it is oversaturated, but you can get your music out there. So do you think it's easier now to make it or back in the day? I would say now because technology, obviously, like that's a good thing. Like technology allows the exposure to be there. Somebody could just randomly click on your shit because you send it to them three times on Instagram. It's happened like that. Like, oh, shawty, y'all like dope. They might follow you, start watching you, then next thing you know. I think back then it was more of like a fairy tale, like getting the record deal, meeting the right CEO, lack of communication, lack of technology probably made it more difficult back then. And funds. Like I said, back then you had to really have some paper behind you to come up independent. You know what I'm saying? Only the big boys was really doing it like that. You know what I'm saying? But now... The good thing about it now is not everybody come from that. Some people really ain't got nothing, but they might be like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a good way for them to be heard, though. Like, I, I ain't got the paper. I ain't whatever in the street. But my song, Crank, watch when I drop this little video. I saved up my $100 <laughs> in the video. And that job might take off. Like, I'm telling you, there's some cats, man, that, like, I know them in the streets. And I'm like, these dudes is like, they come from nothing. But they music cranks so hard, bro, like, that when they drop, it go up. You know what I'm saying? Which is a good thing. 
let me I'm ask you. I know you're not. I know you're yeah. not a rapper. You you do producing, but let me. I I always yeah. get into these because I love music, so I will always get into these debates with with people online and people that I've talked to. Let's say you had a, let's say you had a budget for five k, right? You got mm-hmm. a five k budget. Would you would you use that money for production and everything on yourself? Or would you take that 5K and get a feature from the hottest dude in the city? I get a I would get a beat I would get a beat from someone like Beethoven. Or um I would definitely spend it on production. Here's why producers damn near just got biggest names rappers on a lot of cases. For instance, Mike Will, ear drummers, right? You hear that come on when a song drops. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's about to go. You know what I'm saying? Or you hear that little Zaytoven drop. You see what I'm saying? You're like, oh, man, my man got Zaytoven making a joke. The music going to be unbeatable. But I don't know if you dog. get your Zaytoven for 5K. <laughs> now, now, the thing about Zaytoven, man, and I'm going to talk about him a little later on, like, I watched a lot of his YouTube video. He a real humble. He said, man, on a lot of the cases, you buy a beef of me and I'm rocking with you. Are you serious? I probably throw you two reaction drums like he's off the strength. And I believe he would. I could just, you could, you could tell people character from watching how they talk multiple times. They say the same thing. Like, 5K, you could definitely probably get, you could probably get a beat off him probably for a stack. Really? Now, it, yeah, easily, man. I, I think so. I think if you reached out and said, I'm cash app ready, bro. Your man make beats all day. He don't engineer nothing. He just make beats. So he probably got thousands of jumps in the vault. You know what I'm saying? So I think you could probably pull a jump off for a stack. Maybe two. If you get a feature, man, you got to think 5K not really even going to get you a feature with the hottest rapper. I don't no, no, no. That. I said a local, like you're like a city rapper. Oh, Oh yeah, definitely, definitely no. Yeah, beats all day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> City man, we 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 come from the streets, man. Around here, it's more so like, man, where you who you know where you from. I think a lot of times, like people jive like be almost giving us more credit because where we are at, like we on the south side, we in the hood for real. So they like, you know what I'm saying? We ain't paying for shit. If, if you popping, we like, man, look, we and look, we done been it. Look, I done I done seen it because everybody I'm with on the south. You know what I'm saying? We from the worst. To the words they would. We'd be like, man, we, what's up with the feature, bro? Like, we just like be, be strong on this but, <laughs> but if you had to pay somebody, man, like a local cat, nah, I ain't giving nobody local 5000 But that could be part of our problem, too, in the same breath. It's like what I talked about earlier. The people up here ain't really breaking bread like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think beats, I think the beats, that's the music. Because you might get the hot feature and the beat might be weak. See, I right. I was I always say, okay, for me, like, I my answer was always, oh, I take the producer because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an arrogant thing. But I'm like, man, I can make myself pop. Like, I can put the marketing behind myself. I can post my video. Like, if I really feel like, you know, what I'm saying. If I really like what I'm doing, then I'm not gonna pay him. I'm I'm gonna be like, all right, I need, I'm gonna make sure that beat say everything I needed to say. I I could flow with the beat. I needed to do what I needed to do. So I'm like, I don't never understood that. But some people like, nah, man, you get that feature because you gonna get his followers. And I'm like, it do make sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a prime example though. If you want to be an artist in the rap game. 
you got to bring something to the table that you that they're fan that they not bringing to the table. Or if they or if you bringing it, you need to have your own way of doing it because we don't need another little baby. We don't need another <laughs> little man. We don't need that. We don't need another NLE chopper. There's a million NLE choppers running around. What we need is individuals. You, but let me ask you this, and you're not a rapper, I'm assuming, so have you ever just heard a beat and be like, dang, and just start jaw like, damn, they're rapping to it. Because it's like, bring that. that out of you. Right. Man, a, a, a fire beat will do that. And that, you listen to a producer, like, I done have beats. I'm not early, John. I made crank. I ain't going to hold you. It, it be Jones. I make all the time, like, man, somebody will use it, but I ain't going to be feeling like that. They might just be wobbling around. Ah, okay. I'm, and, this, and then you play another John, and it's like, oh, shit. Do, 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 do. So, like, the beat will sometimes bring it out of you is what I'm trying to say. Well, for me, it was the, uh, it, for me, I mean, of course, like you said, no, I'm not a rapper. But for me, <laughs> it was the clips grinding. Oh, yeah, everybody rapping that. Yeah. You weren't at the lunch table rapping that. You weren't <laughs> nobody. Everybody rapping those, too. Yeah. Hey, my mother like that song. <laughs> yeah, that joke right there was serious. That beat was like... It, Right now and then, there's a beat that a producer make that that the day ain't gonna be another one of those. And a couple people tried it, like the little lip gloss beat. Some of them other little corny ass motherfuckers for me try to remake that Neptune jump, but it ain't work out too well. They sound. I think they was like. I think the Neptunes. I used to love the Neptunes, and I don't know. I don't like. I don't know. So I like. I don't know what happened because it used to be Pharrell and Chad Hugo, but I haven't. Now it seems like it's just Pharrell. I don't know if they're my maybe mistake. the other dude might he might be low key like he might because the other dude to my knowledge he ain't seem like he wanted to really be in the spotlight as much so he might still be making beats. Yeah, but Pharrell. that sound they sound not the same. Nah, it ain't. Now, now it could have been he. It could have been they've evolved. That that's a possibility. But man, see, I, I don't know. Well, they man. have family, man. People got families. They grow up. You know, he he might have just been like, man, I got my money. I'm cooling now. Who knows? Nah, I mean, they he, not like you can't. They, they ain't like how they used to be. <laughs> he see when he see. Okay, again, like when they okay when. I'm assuming you remember when the Neptunes first came out, right? Yeah, they was doing like some rock band stuff too, wasn't they? Uh, well, okay, I, I ain't touching yeah. that because I don't know. The first yeah. rapper that I remember them doing something for, and I'm pretty sure they verified it, was Noriega. Mm -hmm. Noriega was the first one getting beats from them. Uh, that matter of fact, that that what what beat? You remember that? What what? what? I remember that jump, and I remember. Uh... I remember a Jada Kiss Jung knock yourself out. Um, and then after that, they started Ja like really getting big off of their own local cats, like clips and them. What happened well, to that boy? They did too. They did stuff yeah. with Jay-Z, so. Yeah, La 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 Jung off the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. That was one of the best soundtracks of all time. Yeah, they had that Jay-Z La 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 beat on there. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a good couple of other jumps. <laughs> Neptune's in the track, blah, blah, blah. But see, that's what I'm saying. Back then, it was both of them. And then mm -hmm. it seemed like, I don't know if Chad, Chad went away, but that sound not as, like when, when you like when you knew that when there was a Neptune's beat, it was like, all right, I could trust this now. Eh. Yeah, you know, 
I never understood how two producers really work together anyway, because I love all, I got a lot of local producer friends. Man. They always be like, man, let's link up, have a producer studio session. But I can't, like, I just think it's weird, man. Like, what, I'm doing the drums and you playing the keys? Like, ooh, like how are we really doing it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if that, I mean. I don't know how they was working together, but it, it was cranking. Man, it's been some, well, okay. See, it's been a lot of things. Like, I had to, I'm not, again, I'm not a, a big musical person, but I know a little bit. Like, my cousin was telling me some stuff, like, who mixed songs. Like, matter of fact, um, I know you heard Biggie album. Everybody heard Biggie album. Yeah, I heard you all the song. You know the song, My Downfall, right? Mm-hmm. So, the song was produced, I want to say, by uh, Carlos Brody Six, I think. I'm not 100% sure. But if you listen mm-hmm. to the song closely, it's some scratches in it. Like when, like when, when they saying my downfall, it's some scratching going on. That's DJ Premier. DJ from Premier. Uh, from Gangstar, and that like, yeah. ain't that yeah, Gangstar. Yeah. yeah, he doing the scratches for the song. So some like sometimes just like you had like you had the track matches, Pokemon Tone. Yeah, that was a good that was a good combination. That might to me. Oh well, wait a minute, I don't know. Maybe I should say that. I was gonna say they may have been a little better than the Neptunes, but the Neptunes were definitely like you. But you had to be a fan of their sound though, because I ain't knocking the Neptunes at all. I wasn't always a huge fan of uh, what everybody else was geeking, grinding, yeah. And then they had this song with this cat named Fam Lay. It was like I'm the Candy Man. I got the frozen cups. It was like. Damn, we could roll up. Like, that joke crank like shit. This is Cap from VA. <laughs> that Tuesday, oh, that joke, though. I was like, this joke. Oh, crank. Like, some shit, but not all of it to me was like my spot. Well, really my speed real, but. But they were serious, Jay. They, know, they definitely had a unique sound, too. Like, when you heard they beat, you knew it was they shit. Like, oh, it's Neptune right here. Boom. That shit nah. sound like some shit that came from Neptune. Like, that's what I like about. I can't I can't let you go without getting your top five producers list. Top five producers? All right, man. Uh top five. I thought about this, man. Um controversial, but number five for me is Kanye West. Okay. Kanye West. And and the reason because of that is one of my favorite beats of all time is a Kanye West beat. The Diamonds Up Forever beat. And you gotta be a producer to respect how the hell he took that sample and, and and perfectly filtered it and put them drums and them keys together and the way the bass hit and the break, the drum was fire, man. And like he he died like he just he was a when he was before he lost his shit, he was a cool dude, man, like with the music. Like his beats was like that. They crank. Um he helped a lot of cats. You know, he was a producer before he was a rapper, so Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was really with Jay-Z and them before making beats on their albums before, you know, he was a rival. So five is you his first. You know what his first beat really was, right? Well, the first Which one that got some blow. Well, Beanie Which Seagull, one? The Truth. You remember that song, The Truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the first one that really got some pop, so. He talented. Man, he talented. So I like him, man, uh, number five. Number four is Just Blaze for me. Um, 
And Gasco's another one of my favorite beats of all time. Fabulous Breeze beat. That's a Just Blaze beat. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, let me tell you something about that beat. Um, I, I'm a producer. I look all this nerdy shit up. I'd be like, man, what sample did he take that from? Like the breathe and the piano. If you hear it, like look this up when you get bored, man. When you when you hear the song he took that from, bro, you go like, what the fuck? How the fuck did he take that and turn it into the fabulous jump? It's a whole other level, man. I don't know what zone he was on. Or What's the song? What zone he was in? Fabulous breathe. And man, no, it's like it's like a rock song. song. It's like some saying? rock song. It was like a rock song. So, like, I'm hearing it, and I'm hearing the dude say, breathe. And, like, I'm like, that's definitely it. But, like, he, he, you know, he turned the pitch up on it and made that shit sound like some straight New York shit. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how he did it. But Diplomats, a lot of the Dipset beats came from Just Blaze. Uh, I just thought he was a big deal, you know, in the early 2000s, man. He had a huge impact on, like, the New York rap scene. He was the one that really, I think, made it go from that hip-hop-ish sound to like a little more of like the sampling and more modern yeah. like sound. Um, that was fun to listen to. Like I said, Dipset, the Diplomats too used him, tapped him a lot for a lot of them beats. So that's why I got him at number four, man. More so like I'm a fan of his work and he had a big impact, but they don't really talk about him a lot, but he definitely was a big dog up on the East Coast, man. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Number three, man, um, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's my number three. Um, just because of the West, man. The whole 96 Death Row, man. Pop, whatever, man. Cal- they made the California beat for Tupac. Like, all that shit, man. Snoop, The Chronic. No, you're The Chronic. Yeah, of course, man. Man, Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg, John, all that shit, man. Dre, that's what he did with Eminem. Legendary. You know what I'm saying? 50 Cent. Legendary. Like he he really broke a lot of like major cats, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Created multi-millionaires. Created dude, this dude, 50 Cent got a star on Hollywood, you know, out of Hollywood now. Like <laughs> that's major league though. You see what I'm saying? Like he really he really produced a lot of like stars, man. Um, and stayed relevant for a long time. Yeah. Um, Eminem, like white rapper, but like what he was doing with they culture and you know what I'm saying? Like how he found him and, and turned, created his sound. Like that was a weird ass little sequence of shit going on with Eminem, but <laughs> but he did it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta understand, like the brains behind that man was the same dude who was just producing NWA shit four years ago. Dre was Dre was Dre was almost done. And then he found Eminem and that kind of yeah, out. Eminem brought him back, and then 50 Cent, when 50 Cent dropped, that brought him back, like, with the niggas. The niggas like, okay, Dre back in the middle. Wait, 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 hold on, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. We got back up. Nah, 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 nah. You got, you, you, your sequence out of order. Now, he found Eminem. Yeah. Remember, he dropped Chronic 2001. Before. Right, and had Eminem on the lead single, Forgot About Dre. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you stay at 50 Cent. I'm like, hold on, we can't... Oh, no, no. I remember Chronic 2001. That was a big album. I remember Jump was, like, black with, like, a green, like, fluorescent leaf on it. Yeah, that's that's a classic. (laughs) I was a classic, yeah. I had that Jump. Um, I had that album way back. I was just real young, you know what I'm saying? I remember that Jump. Either way, man, from a production standpoint, 
I got him number three, man. Because the West Coast, too. This is, like I said, that West Coast sound, he created a lot of that shit. Yeah, he did. Like, a lot of them little whistling sounds and keyboard synths. Like, that was him. Because before he did rap, he was doing, like, some techno-like shit. So he bought that element, you know what I'm saying, like, into the beats kind of on the West Coast shit in the early 90s. And, like, it, it was lit, man. You ain't hear the techno shit, but I know from a producer standpoint, some of them keys he was using, yeah. them keyboard sounds and synthesizers, were like the shit that the EMD recorders use, electronic uh, dance recorders yeah, yeah, use. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. You know, when you're a producer, you know keyboards and shit like that. Like, oh, that's that Yamaha. <laughs> he, he was cranking, man. He, he helped really create that sound on the West Coast. And um, that was a major era of rap. They was running shit. The West I love Biggie to death, man, but they were running shit on the West, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number two, uh, three. Number two, man, we already talked about him a little bit. Zaytoven, number two for me, man. Um, and the reason I say that, man, like, you ever watch him make a beat on YouTube, bro? Like, your man, like, real live plays the piano. Like, here, like, check it out, bro. Like, you watch, watch it. Watch it. Me watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. You got to just type in Zaytoven making a beat. Just type in Zaytoven making a beat. You gotta hear his podcast with uh with um Talib Kweli. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hear that. Since you're a sure producer, you gotta listen to that one. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely will. I'll check it. I'm a huge fan of his music, man. I I would love to like meet him one day, man. Like, but he man, the whole Gucci man era, man, OJ the Juice man, like, come on, man, <laughs> cranking, cranking. And like when you watch him make a beat, bro, like he'll be like, "Yeah, that's why he's where he is right now." I'm Your man will like literally, huh? I'm gonna definitely. Your check man it. will literally have a keyboard in front of him, and just start rocking out on that zone like a like a like a church piano player. Just he'll throw some organs in there. He'll get on the MPC, drop the drums, boom, beat done in two minutes. It's like <laughs> cranking jump. He was like, "Damn, that zone crank like shit." Like you know what I'm saying? Like. And then, like I said, like, he got a little signature sound. He helped really get the trap shit cranking. Like, he was one of the first producers doing, like, trap music, quote-unquote, because of Gucci Man and all yeah, Well, yeah. before him, it was, uh, like, Jeezy and, like, I think a dude's name is, like, Shorty Lowish. I'm not sure about Shorty Red, um, young Jeezy producer. But, uh, but Zaytoven, man, he, this shit was just yeah, on point. Every beat is cranking. Bass, drums, keys, organs. Yeah, so that's why he my number two, man. Like I said, I like him too because he give a lot of advice. He 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 do pod like you saw about a podcast. I watch interviews with him. He always giving producers advice and talking about the industry, make a beat. He real humble. I like his like personality, man. So I, he my number two, man. So I'm gonna go with Beethoven. Um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, check that out. I'm definitely going to my number one favorite producer, man, of all time. And, and man, I, like I said, I hope I get to cross paths with him one day. To me, oh, I already mentioned his name earlier, fucking Manny Fresh, man. Manny Fresh is my number one favorite producer. But I got a million reasons why. But to me, he, he I don't think he underrated because people do commend him. But, like, but like he, he my number one, man. He my number one producer. You know what? I think he is underrated. You think he is? I, 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 I personally have underrated him. So I Let me just, explain something about that man, bro. 
He made every single beat on Cash Money Records from 1992 all the way to 2004. Every single beat, bro. Bling, bling. Back that thing up. High. The block is hot. I need a hot girl. Project shit. Number one stunner. Get your roll on. Still fly. Everything that Cash Money dropped, bro. Like, early hit, they dropped. I got that fire. Little lights out, get off the corner. Every early jump, bro. The hot boys. Now, yeah, I, will say, I, I, I will say, I gained respect for him. It's funny because you were talking about watching somebody make a beat. I actually saw him making the beat for Back That Thing Up. They showed him making that beat. I don't know if you yeah, see that. Yeah. You got to think, bro. Like, you, you asked me earlier, like, man, what's it like making a whole album? And for me, it took like four months. Yeah, Matt, bro, all they jokes was going two, three times platinum. Yeah. With 18 songs on them. And at the end, the whole album was produced by Manny Fresh, bro. He sat there and made, he probably produced like 15, 20 platinum selling albums in a three year window, bro. And before they got started, like I told you, the BG album is all on U Volume 2. He made all that. He made all the juvenile jumps before 400 Degrees. Dude, the best man. He, he and he really was one of the first rappers doing drum rolls. You know, like the snares going duh, 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 duh. like he was oh, the yeah. first producer doing that, bro. He was the first one. Oh yeah. He was the first one the breaking down drums, doing fast hi hats, all that, bro. You like you gotta respect it, man. Like the dude's a goat, man. Like oh, like I said, high juvenile song, high. Everybody, when that jump came out, I was like, damn, what the fuck is this? <laughs> the dude the goat, man. Even John's like, still fly, like, goofy track, but the John legendary, like, Lil Wayne, the whole car to one. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that, bro. Fresh, I'm fresh. Go back and listen to him again, man. Who, baby, fresh? Yeah, I'm gonna go back and listen. There's so much to listen to, bro. Listen to 400 Degrees, bro. Listen to It's All on You Volume 2, BG. All the big time albums, all the Lil Wayne albums before Carter 2. I mean, Juvenile. All oh, you know, Juvenile was a big deal back in the day. He yeah. made the beat on Biggie album, Hope You Niggas Sleep. That joint was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, fucking, uh, yeah, yeah I hope you niggas sleep. I'm surprised that didn't make a, I'm surprised that didn't make an album when he was alive. They hadn't got signed. They got signed in 98. Biggie uh, died in 97. Cash Money signed a, a, a multi-million deal in 98, and they came out with a juvenile album, 400 Degrees. That was the first joint they dropped. And then after that, they blew up. So they, at the time, Biggie had already been dead for probably like a year and a half, almost two years. By the time they uh, got like mainstream and got up in the rap game, you know what I'm saying? But um, I think Fresh the best, bro. Anybody, what other producer can you name to produce that many platinum albums, man? Like by themselves. Well, not, not, oh, I just yeah. did the singles. Besides a Jew like Dre, who I mentioned, you know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of producers who made, they literally could say, I got 15 platinum albums. Well, I'm I, I, I tell you what, I give you one. Because you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned cash money, but. I'm not sure. See, your age may be the reason why, but the Reza, the Reza crafted the whole Wu Tang sound from when they first came out. Now you gotta remember, he did. Imagine he did all the albums: Method Man, the Purple, yeah. Raekwon, the Purple Tape, uh, mm -hmm. Ghostface, 
ODB, and I'm pretty sure. Okay. Now, 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 they wasn't dropping at the rate Cash Money was dropping, so he wouldn't have got that many platinum. But he was responsible, like he was responsible for the whole Wu Tang sound. Yeah. Like, when, when, I respect that. Yeah, when you when they was coming up, that was like all RZA did all they beats, and then mm, it started to sh- it started to shift a little bit. Once I'm trying to think whose solo album it was. Uh, I can't even remember. Probably uh, I can't remember whose, but all of their first ones, like the purple the, the purple tape, Raekwon, that was all RZA. Um, Jizza was all RZA. Um, the Ghostface, the ODB, all those albums was produced by the RZA. And then, like, as they they got a little, as they started getting more into the game, especially Method Man. Method Man really kind of moved away from its production. I'm not sure why, but, yeah, yeah. Method Man was, like, the first, like, I ain't gonna say the first, but he, but Method Man, like, out of all of them, really was the one that really made it mainstream. And he just mm-hmm. he, he had more producers working with him. So Yeah, no, nah, I respect that. I, you know, it's, it's some other producers that did. Like I said, Dre produced a lot of jumps single handedly and bunch of other people, man. Well, I better want to get off this joint, I'll be thinking about other cats, but <laughs> I just think mainly Fresh was also huge for the Southern culture. Because the New York New York was running a rap game in ninety eight. They was running it since the beginning. Yeah. I think cash money and no limit. It wasn't Atlanta. It was Cash Money and No Limit in New Orleans that really started, I think, opening up the country's eyes to the South because they sound, did not sound nothing like nothing else that was out. It was completely due. Like, they've been cranking like that in the South, but nobody up on the East Coast and up North was hearing music like that. They were like, this shit is completely, to me, in my opinion. It was kind of like, so Outkast had the albums, yeah, but I can see what you're saying because, like, no limit them because that was around like '98. That's when they they ushered in like a whole new sound. Like Outkast right. had albums, but No Limit had a sound, and then yeah. Cash Money took it to a level, and then now all these Atlanta producers and rappers they take they done took it to a whole different stratosphere. Now people copying them. So yeah, Atlanta took over in like oh oh four probably oh three oh four. I just think that Fresh Man with the drum roll and a lot of producers mention them. They they be like, oh Fresh, I grew up listening to Hot Boy, like in the South especially. Like I don't know, I just feel like I remember being a rap fan and hearing what was coming out and listening to Go Go. And whenever they would drop some shit, I'd always be like, damn, this shit fire. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. It was the beats. It was the beats. We talking about the like the beats were out of the world to me. Like they ain't there was nowhere else making jokes like that. But you're right, Outcast, they was out of Atlanta, but to me, and also you had UGK too, out of out of Texas that was doing their thing. Yeah. But um they were a little more underground. They weren't making as much noise, I think, as cash money made when they came out. But Outcast had a weird little, like a unique sound to them, in my opinion. Like they was almost like Neptune when it comes to the music. To me, they like there ain't nobody else that's ever been like that, like Outcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they very unique. Andre three thousand, man. I'm really talking about him specifically. Like that dude was like, yeah, he was a complete entertainer, complete 
whatever package that they they marketed him to be or whoever he was. Man. Like he he was a big deal. So I almost don't even like to even mention a cat like that in the same category as other Atlanta rappers. Cause to me, like he's the king as far as like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, hard to explain. Like he didn't he didn't evolve from anything. He was just evolve, Andre three thousand. Yeah, he got right. it. Like a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the mother cats they evolved from another motherfucker. Like, oh, I I was you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like he was just in his own world, his own lane, and nobody since has done it like him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I give him his props on a rap tip. Yeah. But I just, like I said, fresh to me, just per, it's all personal, man. It's all opinions. I know it's probably <laughs> a thousand people probably wouldn't put him in the top ten. But yeah. for me, I, I got him at number one, man, because I know personally people I grew up with, family, friend, like when we hear them cash money, Jones come on, we like, Damn, that shit dope. Like, yeah. And like I said, he was producing them jumps back to back to back to back. Like, I, I don't, like I said, I did BDR album. I'm doing a couple other people out. I'm broke off. And this dude was a celebrity. He's doing videos. He's on tour. He's, you know what I'm saying? Doing movies and then still producing. And he was engineering all that shit too. Yeah. So it's like he was mixing and mastering all that shit. I don't know how he did it, bro. He I did it. With that one. Man, I, I tell you what, man, I thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, man. I truly appreciate you, you know, lending your time and your talents to my podcast. I'm a fan of the music. And I just cool. wish you nothing but the best, man. I want you to make sure you let people know how they can follow you on Instagram and, you know, keep up with you. Yeah, still Presto, S-T-I-L-L Presto uh, on Instagram, man. Um, I'm always on that jump, you know. That's how I do business. Like we were talking about earlier, I, I get a lot of DMs and stuff throughout the day. So follow me on the gram and uh, really check out Long Story Short. You want to see what I'm really up to, you know. Definitely. We Long Story Short. Sure. We're going to make sure we promote it. And I want to take this time also to thank everyone for listening to the podcast and a special thank you to my sponsors, First, First Gen Fly and Chain Entertainment. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.